Hey, hello, this is Moon Graffon. Welcome back. Another podcast on the Moon Graffon Show, national podcast as we try to expand a little bit. Appreciate you joining us. Uh, today, I got a great guest. We'll get to the guest in just a second, but I want to make sure you do me a favor. Tell people about the Moon Graffon podcast. We usually do national issues. It's always dealing with issues that make a difference. And some things a lot of people aren't talking about, we try to fill that gap. So I want to make sure you check us out. If you if you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe. Please tell friends to subscribe and, and comment. We love to get your comments. We love to respond back to you. And that way we know where you're coming from and, and, and how you're checking us out. So make sure you do that. You can get our podcast just about anywhere that you get your podcast. And so make sure you tell people about the Moon Graffon Show. We do appreciate it. Today, I have a great guest. I'm looking forward to, uh, to visiting with him. His name is Jason Isaac. He is a director of Life Power. He's with the Heritage Foundation. Uh, as well. And he does a great job. Today, we're going to talk about something that you're not hearing. You're hearing a lot about it, but you probably don't understand it. I think Jason does a great job of explaining what's happening with the Green New Deal through the banking system, which folks, this affects you and me and businesses all over our country. We're getting into something we really shouldn't be getting into. And he's going to explain that today for us. So without further ado, we, we welcome my friend, Jason Isaac. Jason, how you doing, brother? It's great to be on the Moon Graffon Show. I just subscribed to the podcast, so that was easy. Hey, man, I like that. I got another one. Hey, it's funny, though. As you I, did. As I build this, it's just funny to watch one here, one there. But sooner or later, it's going to take off, and that's what I'm looking for. But, uh, hey, thank you so yeah, much. I, I think the people that don't like it should subscribe, too, because we, we got to get them in the comments. No. And, uh, you know, there are probably going to be some heads exploding today <laughs> when they hear some of the things I say. No, I think the people that ought to be listening to us, or the people that don't like us. That's that's the best thing in the world. That's, that's right. We need them. We need them to come listen. Anyway, it's great <laughs> to have you. Hey, let's back up. Great. Let's 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 do this. Uh because I think people that may be saying, What is this all about? Let me find out what this is about. Let's explain to people, first of all, when we say ESG, want you to explain what this is and how this is gonna work through the banking system, which ought to concern everybody. Let's start there. So ESG stands for Environmental, Social, and Corporate Governance. And it might have started out as a good thing a couple of decades ago. It was called SRI, or Socially Responsible Investing. And you may have had some people that didn't want to have their dollars go invested into, uh, you know, businesses that they didn't agree with. It, it could have been tobacco products. It could have been oil and gas. It could have been casinos. Uh, it could have been any number of things. And people are like, you know, if you're going to invest my money, please don't invest in those. And they should have that choice if they want to. But what happened is it, it morphed into this ESG, this environmental, social, and governance where, you know, we're going to push these companies that we invest other people's money in. So we're going to take money from the state of Louisiana, from their firefighters pension, from the teacher's pension, and we're going to invest that money and we're going to buy shares of Exxon. And then, you know what, we're going to make Exxon bend the knee to our political ideology that they've got to decarbonize. Now, decarbonizing a business that produces hydrocarbons is about as smart as defooding a restaurant. It doesn't <laughs> work out tough. too well for anybody. I mean, no, that'd be it, tough. It, it, it's just dumb. It's Can you imagine going to the restaurant, go to the fun. restaurant and they tell you all we got is water. And it probably wouldn't work too good. You probably would. Your sales won't be that high. <laughs> <laughs> You're not too good. And, and you, you know, you've seen these goofy restaurants where they're doing these things like have a puff of smoke and you get to taste something. Oh like, God. hey, I don't, I don't want to just smell some brisket. I don't want to smell some etouffee. I want to eat it. 
you know, <laughs> don't make my mouth water, fill my belly. Uh, and it, it's just crazy. But that's what's happened is you have these big financial institutions like BlackRock, Vanguard and State Street that are the world's, the BlackRock's the world's largest financial institution. They used to manage over $10 trillion in assets, but they kind of got caught into this religion, this, this climate cult. And we're really just focused on making companies bend the knee to the Paris Climate Accord, which, by the way, isn't the law of the land in the U.S., has not been ratified, and, and mathematically speaking, doesn't do anything to mitigate a changing climate. But they're so bought into it and invested into it that they're distorting the market. These are unelected officials that are implementing policy because they can't get them done in capitals. So they're getting them done in the back door and in the boardroom. Uh, and it is incredibly detrimental. I say they used to manage $10 trillion. They've, they've had the world's largest financial loss of any company ever. And they're down around 7 to $8 trillion now that they manage. That's a pretty significant loss. And it's detrimental to those people that I mentioned, the firefighters, the teachers, first responders, police officers, people that have pensions that are kind of depending on those for their retirement. Yeah, this ESG, though, is kind of a scorecard with banks. And it's working its way through the United States of America. I don't care if they do it in Europe. I don't care if they do it in any other country in the world. We're the United States of America. We need the banks to help grow our companies and grow our businesses. And so it's what people use. And they're so caught up into, and me and you talked about it before, and I did a podcast the other day on it, how I think climate change is communism. It's just another name because this is kind of going to control what you can and can't do as a business and maybe an individual one day. Am I wrong by saying that? No, no, you're not wrong at all. And, and I've got perfect examples of banks that have cut off financing to industries that are important in the state of Texas as they are Louisiana, mm-hmm. basically saying, uh, if you're in the oil and gas business, sorry, we can't do business with you anymore because we've got to decarbonize our portfolio. Something that Chase Bank announced that they were going to do last week is they're going to start cutting the emissions in the aviation and aggregate industries as well as steel. Well, steel has been decimated in this country because of environmental policies. I think over 90% of global steel comes from China now. It used to come from America. But we don't make things in this country anymore because because of this climate cult pushing the jobs and deindustrialization of this country overseas. Climate, China could care less about human rights, about ESG scores. They're concerned about growing their economy and, and being world leaders, uh, something that we used to be in a lot of industries. Yeah, that's, it's amazing to watch uh, what's going on in other countries that have bought into this. But that's the problem, uh, Jason. The United States of America, through big businesses and through the banking business and through government more than anything, the regulators are buying in, a, which is a lie. We're going to control the weather. We're going to control the planet. And they're doing it through the banking system. And, and we're a country that needs to grow. We always need to grow in everything we do, energy and things of that, and that labor, nature. And, and we're not. And they're trying to shut it down. And I, I don't understand how Americans have allowed ourselves to buy into, which I think is the biggest lie, biggest hoax I've ever seen in my life, is the climate change. Yeah, I, I, I liken it. I think it's the greatest, largest financial fraud ever in the history of mankind. This, this deindustrialization, this decarbonization, 
uh, from companies that, again, are really trying to force us to bend the knee to their false god of climate. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's proving incredibly detrimental to people around the world. You've got a billion people on the face of the earth that have no access to electricity. Wow. Moon, today women are going to spend 200 million hours walking to collect water. Now, my wife is not going to spend that much time walking to collect water, but women in Africa and developing countries spend an average of over three miles, over eight hours or over 200 million hours today to collect water. That's not including another hour they're going to spend to collect animal dung and wood so they can actually try to heat that water to make it somewhat potable. That's time that should be spent, you know, getting an education, but women don't get educations around the world because uh, if they're in developing countries, they don't because they're the ones that have to do these chores to keep their families alive. And you've got groups like the World Economic Forum and the UN, these globalist elites, Al Gore's throwing temper tantrum at today, yesterday, you know, these, these, these globalist elite organizations, more unelected bureaucrats. Are, will not allow funds to go into these developing countries if they're investing in infrastructure that's based on fossil fuels. Yeah. They're saying wind and solar only. Yeah, well, well, that doesn't work. That's devastating. By the way, I, want, I, I started to play, a, a, I figured you had watched Al Gore, bawling oceans. I, I, I've been in the ocean before. It didn't look that, it didn't bawl to me. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean, we got now rain bombs. But let me go back to this. You know, the environmental movement, when it first started, was probably nice. Clean up the water, clean up the air, clean up everything you clean up. But it, it's it's gone so far out of the way now. I don't know if you saw John Kerry at the World Economic Forum. I watched him. I played it on my radio program today. And he was telling people that the group of people that were there meeting was kind of a, uh, kind of from outer space almost. Like they were gods. Like they, they had a special <laughs> calling that these people could meet and we could tell the world how to live, kind of a terrestrial being. I mean, he said that. And I'm going, I don't want that guy. I don't want that guy in charge of anything in my life. But he was acting like they were so special. That God had sent him there and for this moment. And, and I, I, I couldn't believe what I was watching. I mean, <laughs> yeah, go back and watch John Kerry. Go back and watch Kerry. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're the extraterrestrials that are coming to save the planet. Well, you look at what happens here in the United States. You know, over the last five decades, we've reduced harmful pollution, not CO2. That's something that's necessary for life on Earth. If we get rid of that, we're gone. And I think that may be the end goal is to get rid of the humans on the face of the Earth. But we well, why don't we start with them, human hey, Jason? Health. Why don't we start yeah. with them? We get oh, rid yeah. of them and all this goes away. <laughs> all of it goes away. <laughs> it does. Well, anytime someone says I want to ban fossil fuels, I say you first. I'll see you at your funeral in two weeks. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, what um, about- and guess what? A diesel-driven tractor is going to dig the hole that we're going to bury you uh, in. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, let's, let's talk about Give me some examples so people can understand what's going on in our country right here in the United States of America with the banking business and with businesses that are going to get a loan to help grow their businesses, grow their product, grow their service. Give us a couple of examples, two or three examples of what you mean by problems with this. 
Yeah, so you know, there's a businessman in uh, in Texas named James Lofton, and he was banking at Chase Bank and had a five hundred thousand dollar line of credit to, to keep his business afloat. Had been in business over twenty years, thirty five employees. He's an oil and gas services company. Doesn't do exploration, production, drilling. He's just a service company that um, spent some tight, tight you know time on on drilling rigs and helping the businesses out. Yeah. Well, he got debanked by Chase Bank. They said, "Sorry, we we can't help you out anymore because." You know, you're in the oil and gas business. Well, he goes to Frost Bank and Plains Capital, a couple of the banks in Texas, and not only do they look at his books and realize he's been a successful businessman, got 35 employees, they, they not only extend him a line of credit, they double his line of credit. And oh, I yeah. talked to him just a couple of weeks ago, his business is doing well. Uh, and but, but for several days when he got debanked, he thought he was going to lose his business. He thought 35 wow. families were going to be crushed because they no longer had their breadwinners in their families anymore having good jobs. Uh, you've got other examples of, of people that have had successfully built successful businesses in Austin, Texas, and going out for a funding round with Credit Suisse First Boston. And Credit Suisse First Boston emails this, this, this CEO back and says, by tweeting these, everyone will agree that there is no misunderstanding, which as we discussed, perhaps there has been. <laughs> and then list some things that he wants this CEO to tweet. And I, I quote, agree that the company activities should be aligned with the Paris Agreement. Believe that companies should have a commitment to achieve net zero emissions by 2050. Oh those are not the, those are political ideologies. Those are not scientifically based policies that are the law of the land in the United States. But this is a financial institution. Once you review, you know, basically saying that he's confident that the sustainability committee believes that these will work and that they'll be granted a funding round. Well, this particular gentleman said, we're not interested in doing business with you because we believe in capitalism, we believe in free markets, and we already operate well in the environments that we work in, that we're going to continue to produce American energy more responsibly than anywhere else on the face of the earth. But these are financial institutions flexing their muscle, uh, frustrated with the political process, would and you, basically corrupting it. Yeah, would you say that if they keep doing this, it's going to destroy jobs and American businesses. It's going, to, it's going to destroy it. We're not going to have the economy we have now. And I think that's the design. By the way, we were talking to uh, Mr. Jason Isaac, Director of Life Power. He's with the Heritage Foundation. Hey, Jason, you got another story? Because those are the stories that we're going to hear more and more if the American people don't wake up and we allow the banking industry to go this way. Yeah, you've got Bank of the West, which was formed in the western United States, initially in coal-producing communities in Colorado and Wyoming. And in 2018, now they're owned by this French-Brazilian conglomerate of woke people that said, you know what, we're no longer going to make funds available. Well, we're no longer going to do business with people that make more than 25% of the revenue from fossil fuels. And so you had then treasurer Mark Gordon of Wyoming say, well, if you're going to boycott fossil fuels, then we're going to boycott you. And he was really the first financial officer of a state to do something. And really the motivation for policy that we wrote uh, and got passed in Texas that says the same thing. You're going to boycott fossil fuels. We're going to boycott you. Uh, governor Abbott here in Texas was the first governor to sign a law in this country. We've got four additional states that have passed laws. Your treasurer, John Schroeder, has done a wonderful job and has completely debanked BlackRock, pulled responsibly 
pulled pension funds out of a company that is using those pension funds to attack and decimate the Louisiana economy. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's not a good business thing. You don't give, you don't give money to your enemy so that they can use it against you. Uh, and your treasurer Schroeder there recognized that and has been one of the leaders in this country uh, in protecting pensions. And that's what this is about. It's not about telling businesses what's to do, what they can do. It's about states using taxpayer and pension dollars responsibly. Oh, I tell you what, what a mess that's been allowed to enter America. You know, normally you look at past history, United States of America, we didn't do what they did overseas and even Europe and China. We just stayed away from those people. We did our own thing and we did pretty good. Now we're adopting something that should never enter the United States of America. But this is that global economy now where everything's all tied in together and you got companies investing over here or we investing over there and they're being told what to do basically through the bureaucrats i don't think tell me if i'm wrong is any legislation that's been written by congress to force this or is this something that the bureaucrats through the banking uh, uh commission or whatever you want to call it is just doing this and telling people the bureaucrats saying you have to do it this way yeah, we were already headed down the wrong path before Biden took office, and it was because of the financial institutions. It wasn't the federal government attacking the energy industry, though you had some bureaucrats entrenched at the EPA and Department of Energy that were propping up you know, with subsidies and handouts, propping up unreliable sources of electric generation and making it harder for others to do their business. But really, in the Trump administration, we, we unleashed American energy and became energy independent. No doubt. And since then, on day one, the Biden administration has said, we are going to use the whole of government. They're taking this whole of government approach against American energy producers. And every single branch and bureaucracy in the federal government has a climate change department within their business. I don't care what, what it is. If it's health and human services, they've got something on climate change. If it's Department of Agriculture, they've got a department on climate change. Every single bureaucracy within the federal government has this, and they are trying to find out ways that they can derail the American energy industry. It's unbelievable because when I tell people on our radio program on a daily basis that I believe now global warming is global warming, climate change, whatever you want to call it, is now the new communism term. Because everything you said, every part of government, healthcare, banking, uh, any kind, anything to do with financials, uh, anything to do with any part of our country now, it's got climate change mixed in it. And it doesn't make any sense. Because I can tell you right now, I'm 61. I live in Louisiana. We've had hot days, cold days, (laughs) wet days, dry days, droughts, hurricanes, tornadoes. That was happening before I was born. It's happening right now when I live here and it's going to happen when I'm gone. We will never affect that. How do you, how do they think getting involved in healthcare and banking that they're going to all of a sudden save the planet? I I don't understand the, the, I, I understand somebody being nuts and believing that, but I can't believe that people, real people buy into that. I, I, that's my problem with the whole thing. How does American people buy into this? 
it's crazy. It's funny. They want to destroy the planet while they're talking about saving the planet because you look at the energy density of these unreliable sources of electric generation that they're proposing and wind requires 75 times the amount of land to produce an equivalent amount of electricity of a natural gas power plant. Solar is like 25 to 35 to 35% 35% more land. And that's not including all the mining. And you look at the Congo and how you've got 15,000 people smashed into a small little place. They're doing artisanal mining, which means they're using hands and little tiny tools to extract cobalt to make lithium for electric vehicles. you got 40,000 kids between the ages of four and 13 mining for less than a dollar a day. It's absolutely heartbreaking. And this is the, the climate cult green new deal movement is driving this. They're forcing people in, in, child and forced labor around the globe. It doesn't happen here in the United States. Yeah. You know, in Louisiana yeah. and Texas and these energy producing states, you have workers that are making good wages. Uh, they're, they're in safe occupations. But no, it's being driven over to the Congo and Africa, where over 80% of the mines are owned by the Chinese government, or it's being done in China with slave labor from the, from, for the Uyghur slave labor. It, it, it's, it, you know, they don't care about the people who live on the earth. They say they want to save the earth. But when you have economic prosperity driven by access to affordable, reliable energy from fossil fuels, you have environmental leadership. Like, yeah. I mean, we got clean air, clean water. The rest of the world should have access to that, too. And you answer that problem. The solution is getting people access to two, affordable, reliable energy. Two quick things before I let you go. Tell people how they can find out more about you and the things that you're writing and talking about, about the ESGs before I let you go. Oh, you can find me on social media at Isaac for Texas. Forgive the Texas part for your Louisiana listeners. Uh, with uh, and then <laughs> and then lifepowered.org, lifepowered.org uh, is where you can find out the good, good messaging, commentary, model policies. We're working with people, trying to educate people around the country, raise America's energy IQ, and, and really raise the IQ of people around the globe. And the last thing I'll tell you, with abundant energy. And for the last thing I'll tell you, if you missed it, over in Europe, they're going to start putting masks on cows. And now they're talking about putting diapers on cows. So I'm not making this up. Diapers and masks on cows. My question to you is, who's going to change that diaper? And will it be a cloth diaper or a renewable diaper? <laughs> I'm telling you. I re- I, I've been reading you can't this. make this I, up. Diapers I, on cows. You, you can't see, make it up. I saw a picture today. I, I, saw, the, I saw the diaper uh. on the cow, and I'm going, who's going to do that job? I want to know their name, but I don't want to be around them because I got a feeling the smell is going to be bad. Listen, hey, the same group that wants all this with the banks want diapers on cows and masks on cows. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Anyway. Well, at least you'll be able to tell who the communist cows are because they'll be the ones wearing masks. <laughs> no doubt about it. This is, hey, I wish we were joking. And we're laughing about it to keep from crying. This is serious. All righty. Jason Isaac, director of Life Powered, the Heritage Foundation. Check him out and make sure you tell people to subscribe to the Moongraphon podcast. We'd love to have you to join us. Don't forget, I do a radio program from 9 to 12, Monday through Friday. Go to moongraphon.com. You can check out all the stations we're on. God bless. Have a great day. Jason, thank you, sir. God bless you, Moon. Thank you. All right.